Hi, Miss Bell. Hey. How you doing? We talked about this last time. <laughs> yes, but we're going off of it. Sorry, I just re-listened to like the first five minutes of that. Um, I am doing pretty well today. We are outside. I'm loving it. It's hot and beautiful. It is very nice. How do you nice. feel about our scenery? Uh, <laughs> when I'm not in the 92 degree heat, it's fine. Or when I'm in the shade of the 92 We're degree the heat, it is fine. It's the shade. It's but fine. in Colorado, the sun feels like it's right next to you. And I love it. You can feel the radiation of the sun when, even like a second after you put your out your hand. So, okay. So what's the topic? So the topic that this is, stems from last time. Yeah, I don't remember how this stemmed from last time. We were talking about at some point in that conversation. I wrote down in the notebook that I was writing in a topic for a future time and also just a question that even if Sevi said no that's terrible for a podcast I would still be like no but can you help me what's the answer um and that question is I'm not the all-knowing but keep going no but I come to you for advice and I would I'm not saying that I'm gonna agree and just take whatever you say I think it's just interesting the question is about like leadership and inspiration and it's when you care about something I know both of us have a lot of things like, no matter yeah. how big or small, think of something you care about. Whether or not other people care about that, how do you inspire them to act on it or to, to let you it? act on it? Or maybe if they don't care about it, to care about it. So maybe they do. Maybe they care about it less than you do. Maybe they care about it just as much. But I, like, in all of these scenarios, how do you I, tell I, ask I'm, people I'm going to step back a little bit from this. Before I, before I answer the question with, like, what I'd like to do, which is people, like, people can change, right? I believe this very strongly. I think people can change. But there's a, there's a, a, a subtle, um, not, it's not very subtle. There's a very important caveat <laughs> to that, which is people will change if they want to change. If they don't want to change, they won't change. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I feel like your question really stems at, like, you understand that and you're trying to get to, like, how do you get the want, the person wanting to change? Um, and it's not an easy question because I, like, is that, like, is, is it wrong, first off? Like, is it manipulative to, like, be like, hey, I, I want to, like, force someone to do something, right? Or I want to convince them without them realizing to do something? Um, but also, like, inspire in our language is, like, that does not have a negative connotation, yeah, I, right? Like, I don't... You inspire people to act, and I'd argue there's a lot of people who don't know what to do, so they kind of need that inspiration or need that um, thing. Okay, great. I'm glad I talked myself through this, because now I have a good answer. <laughs> I, and I remember coming up with this last episode, but not saying it, and because we wanted to save it, which is, there was this really smart guy at my school... Um, who would, uh, who said you should lead the middle. This is from a book. It, it is? Okay, yeah, so he sure. got it from I've this other this. kid <laughs> who was also a great leader at school who I knew a little bit less well, but still well. And that comes from a book? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Tell me what you think it is. Well, no, you tell me what you I've think it is. I've heard the president of my university say this. So I guess he didn't make it up. Or maybe he's inspiring no, your friends. I, yeah, okay, so, or he so you, a you, book. You, you explain it, and then I'll tell you if you're, like, 100%, or I'll add the remaining yeah, 5%. Yeah, the way I've heard this is there are some people who are going to be on board, and there are some people who are going to, like, no matter what, not care. 
or oppose you. And so there's no point in trying to convince the ones who are really, like, far on one side, and the other ones you don't really need to do too much work to get. It's the middle where you can make movement. Is that it? Yeah. It's, it's the people exactly. who aren't, and, like, and like they, you can't convince everyone. You can't you get can, everyone behind you. And the way when people say lead the middle, what I, what I think is, like, inspire the middle, right? Help the middle, like, make those first few steps so that they can start sprinting. Um, and... I think I had a little bit of success with this, like, at school, like, leading different organizations and in clubs in that I was really, like, I felt part of the reason I was there was to inspire others and to, like, give them the leadership opportunity to go. And that doesn't mean just, like, give them a hard problem. Okay, okay, so the big part of leading, and if I had to tell, like, there's so many things to learn with it, right? Everyone's like, oh, here's the one thing you need to know, right? It's not that simple at all. There's definitely things that help <laughs> more, and there's things. definitely things that help less, but this is definitely one of the biggest things, which is don't lead everybody the same way. Lead everybody different ways. Mm. And I don't know if we've talked about this before. We probably have. I don't um, think so. But, like, the way I characterize is there's different types. There's a spectrum. There's people who you tell them to do something very hard, and they will get it done. Like, you don't tell them how to do it. You just tell them what needs to get done. And it can be like something very general that has thousands of steps in it and they'll get it done. Right. Um, I love those people. Um, <laughs> there are other people who like you tell them that big thing and they're like, uh, I have no idea where to start. Right. Uh -huh. So you kind of have to give them smaller things. Right. Um, and sometimes you have to show them or show them, help them along. Right. And especially if they're not, entranced that's not the right word especially uh, especially if they're not uh understanding a subject very well so like if this is the first time in a it, like working on this kind of project then they're not going to understand most of the landscape therefore it's gonna be harder for them to make all those incremental decisions therefore it's your job to be like hey like to show them how basically right you mm -hmm. give them the what and then you give them some of the how if not all of the how right and like some people are in the middle of that spectrum where you only have to give them a little bit of the how or you only have to give them the first few steps and then momentum will carry them, right? And I think that's, our, that's really important. And I say the, one of the, hard, the hardest part about being a leader, it's, it's easy to know what to tell the person. It's hard to know where that person is on the spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. A large part, I think, of becoming a leader is figuring out where someone is on the spectrum and figuring out how much is pushing them. Okay, yeah where they are on that spectrum in what they can do. Now, there's other spectrums associated with this that kind of go into what you're talking about, which is like how much they want to do it, right? If they don't care about the topic at all, then they're not going to have the stamina or to, or the um, the momentum, there's a better word, but the momentum to succeed, right? And to overcome challenges because that person who's super capable, who's like way at the top of the spectrum in terms of uh, knowing what to do, I don't like calling it a spectrum, but it is a yeah, spectrum. Like, uh, I, they're going to, like, they're going to rush ahead. And even if the barriers are really high, they're going to jump over them, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, but there are some people who, if the barriers are high, even if they are super capable, they won't jump over them because they're just too high, right? So there's other things you have to consider. And, like, I've definitely pushed two people too hard before. Like, where I'm like, you are so capable. I'm going to give you Why all this you work. This? And they were like... Um, and, it ends up being like, I give them more work than time they have to enjoy their life, which is not a good thing to do. Um, and I've made that mistake and like, 
I've come to terms with it and I've realized and luckily they were strong enough to like tell me Sevi like yeah, I can't like no stop right mm -hmm. um, and we had a very tough conversation and I learned a heck of a lot more from that conversation than the other person did which as a leader is probably my preferred way to do it right it sucks but it's important um okay I just went on but I also think so those are people who are like on your team they know the why this is how yeah. like how do we get there my question is also... So I'd say a lot of people in the middle spectrum are those middle people, right? Are that They know the why, they're just and not sure the, how. No, so you tell them what. Okay, there's, there's three words in this analogy. There's what, how, and why. And I think of them as like the why is in the middle, the how's around the why, and the what's around the how. Okay, mm -hmm. so what is what you're doing? That's pretty self-explanatory. So let's say the task is to... Um, put up a banner, right? That would be the what, mm -hmm. right? Um, the how is like the intricacies, the technical details, all the little things like, oh, we need to get a ladder, right? That's a step yeah. for the how, right? And blah, 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 right? The why is why should we put up the banner in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. And I'd argue the whole point of inspiration is telling people what the why is and then they figure out the what and how. Right? And maybe the what slightly changes to accommodate the why, right? Maybe it doesn't end up becoming a banner. Maybe it becomes a, uh, a painting, right? Mm -hmm. Like it still accomplishes the same thing in terms of the why, right? Because what matters m more, in my opinion, is what's at the center of the why. And then the how to do it changes as a result of the why, right? Um, and those people in the middle, I think when, you, when I hear lead the middle, I'm like, give those people a why in the middle, um, help them develop the what, and then if they still like need, if they're still struggling, then um, give them like get, show them some hows, right? And be there for them and showing them the how, but don't completely like take over the project, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I'm lead by doing. And I think that's really smart and lead by like, like actually helping the yeah. group. Um, and I see that a lot and I'm like, yeah, that, that's a good point. But you also don't want to be doing the vast majority of the work or not all the work because then people will just start handing you more work. And then as the leader, you're doing all the work and none of the like things that can actually help you prepare for the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm thinking about this in terms of like, there are a lot of things I want to do this semester and there are, it's, I feel like I'm either going to face apathy or resistance. And okay. I'm hoping to set up a why so that people understand what I'm doing or to help me at least to diminish both of the apathy and the resistance. Yeah. and Like, to explain the why and then say, like, so the how is because of that. And the why is what matters. And so you yeah, can, so like, I th help I, me. I think the why is going to help you a lot. The other thing is, like, leading from the middle. There are those people who are always going to be against you, right? Who, yeah. And... You're going to have to figure out ways to address those people, too. I'm not as familiar with that territory. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know that arguing against them is the worst thing you can do because they'll just dig in deeper. Um, you kind of have to listen to their side of you and repeat their side. A, a good technique is to repeat what they've said, but better than they could have said it um, or as good. And if you can in different wording. Right. Um, and if you can do that and they say yes that is what i'm feeling or that is what i am like thinking or that is how i see this this concept or this um rule right mm -hmm. um or this uh standard haha <laughs> um then like 
all of a sudden they feel like you understand them. And if you still, as like, as the rule maker or the rule enforcer is probably a better way to put it, um, say, hey, I understand you, but this is the rule and this is why it matters. And then they're a lot more likely to respect you even if they still don't want to do set rule, right? Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately those people, because they dig in, like a lot of them are never going to change their minds and that's a lot i'd argue that's a big reason why laws rules um and anything that needs human behavior to change has consequences right incentives and consequences um so if they do f break the rule and they think it's like totally a rule worth breaking then they they have to suffer the consequences whether mm -hmm. that's fiscally or otherwise but I'm definitely more of a, I like leading through, uh, and the opposite of that is uh, incentives, right? Like give people incentives for doing good work. Um, and I'd argue the, if you, the best way to do incentives with the, because incentives, like they require effort on your behalf. Whereas like giving them, inspiring them to say, hey, we're all doing this because of this reason that's greater than ourselves all of a sudden people will do it because of that yeah as opposed to because of just the incentives but i do think incentives are really important right and incentives can be as simple as being like wow way to go emily you um you did that like the best in the group right um and you have to be careful like where you say that like you should mm -hmm. always be able to say that to our face alone and you should think hard about when you say it in front of other people because when you say it in front of other people those other people will see that Emily's done well and might resent her, right? Which is bad, mm -hmm. but Emily's gonna feel great because all of a sudden you've pointed out that she's done well in front of all of her peers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think the way I balance that on whether that's bad or good is, um, like if I feel really comfortable with the group, I'm more likely to do it because they're gonna like know me well enough to know that I'm not doing it to like form resentment, right? Um, but more importantly, I think that balance is, um, are you, is Emily doing it a way that nobody else is doing it? So if everyone else is doing it wrong and Emily's doing it right, saying, hey, Emily, way to go, like, for doing, yeah. that's how you should do it in front of the whole group. All of a sudden, you've just taught the group the right way to do it or the way you think it should be done without saying anything mean to any of the ones who did it wrong, right? Because instead, you just, because now all those people are like, oh, I want somebody to say that, I did well, right? So I'm going to do it the way Emily's done it, right? Or try to find a better way than what Emily's done it, um, using Emily's way as a springboard, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And I think that's really effective. And, and obviously, like, don't say it in a way that's like, everyone else sucks, Emily's the best, right? Um, there are other ways to formulate it. And I'm just coming up with a random name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, that makes sense. I don't know. I don't have a lot of, like... Oh, Follow-up, a lot of this is, like, anticipating problems or trying to, like, start things the right way. Yeah. Because um, I'm is... really big on, this goes back, I was on my Myers-Briggs page earlier today, or yes. this week. This goes back to, like, That'd be I, a good like, change topic. and innovation, and innovation is how, like, change as, that's how I see change a lot of times is innovation, and, like, right. I want to make things better and improve them, and then I want them to stay like that, and I want to, like, have all these things, and the reality is, like, not everyone... Wants change? Wants... Yeah. And... Or will see the change as innovation, or... 
like I see it as okay there's a big stone I'm gonna have to lift and I'm kind of aware that like it's I can't be the only one lifting it or if I am no one's gonna have it behind me like I can't pass it on because everyone's just gonna say oh well she's gone like whatever if that makes sense and I think the idea of like you want innovation but you also want it to be like lasting or like actually do its job for more than like when you're holding it um is kind of seems kind of tricky sometimes right and um and then there's also got to be amount of like well if this doesn't work like you change it again you innovate again which is why part of the reason why I think innovation's not that scary or change doesn't have to be that scary because the whole point is that it's change if it doesn't work you just change again yeah i I remember learning that, like, people don't like change, and they like things the way they are, and I'd argue that's true to a certain extent, but I I love change, and I love, like, looking at things from a new point of view, and I love, like, things shifting around me, and and I see that the world wouldn't work if there wasn't change all the time, right? And, and the environment around us changes so much that we have to adapt to that by changing our own processes or our own, like, lives, right? And it makes me... I still haven't been able to find how that, like, what the, how that system works, basically. It, like, do people like change? Do they not? Does it change as they go from young to old? Because I feel like another cliche is, like, when you're young, you love change, and you're ready to tear down the world, right? And then when you're old, you're like, oh, I want it the way it always has been, right? Um, you see what I'm saying? But there's no way it always has been, like... No, exactly. And I feel like a lot of people, they're like, oh, my... I would oh, my say li-. that's more of a younger perception, like... Well, it's always been like this. And when you're older, you realize, like, things all, like, don't stay I heard, the same. I heard something, something really interesting are. recently, which, like, I haven't been able to forget, which is people who are super well-versed in a subject aren't actually the best to come up with solutions because they're so, they, they, they see, see the picture so clearly that they entrench their beliefs in what's already is instead of what could be. Yeah. And what actually is better at analyzing potential solutions or potential um, like innovations or change are people who are smart enough in it but not super well versed in a subject. Hmm. I don't know, was that a complete tangent? I don't no, know. that's actually, I don't, uh, that doesn't immediately strike me as true. I mean, I see it as like if you're in a business and you've been the leader of the business and the business needs to change, I can see how. You might be like, but I know why we did all these things, so they make a lot of sense, whereas someone might come in and say, well, that's clearly what's not working, we need to change it. But then I think about, like, if I get a PhD in economics or philosophy, like, say I got a PhD in those, I feel like I would be the person who was like, I'm going to be the next philosopher, I'm going to be the next economist. The point of those disciplines is not just, yeah, the way you study it is like, I'm going to read all the other philosophers. But I feel like everyone who does that has a part of them that's like, I will write the next thing that will change. Yeah, and I do how think people you think under- the way our it, it is hard because you have to understand a subject really well to add that next piece. But in some ways, like I think a lot of scholars like they get trenched down in like the, there's no other possible way to do something, right? Yeah. And, and and like we're saying two different things. Like, even I'm going, like, back on myself on this, and my point is it's something that I haven't fully developed. Uh... But I think in some places that is really true. Um, I took a class called Theory of Knowledge, and one of the things they talked about was if you can trust experts. Yeah. And, well, like... That's a good, yeah, 
go more into that. I'm oh my goodness, it was three years ago. Um, or like more than that. So Can you trust experts? The 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 experts experts have studied like know a lot about something, so like that raises their credibility. But experts also usually have biases. They're invested in whatever they've their learned side. over the last. Like if you think about experts in politics, they're probably not. By, they're probably not like, well, I haven't found a party I like. Or does that kind of right. make sense? Or like, no, it totally makes sense. The expert legislators have like a, their agenda for their parties. I don't know if that's a good example, but um, yeah. Or, yeah, like you can always find an expert on both sides, right? Like, a con- like yeah, economics sort and of I, has sides, and I feel like once you become an expert, you understand all the sides, but like you've picked one. So if you're trying to teach someone else. It's unlikely that you are giving everything full stock because you've dedicated your life to that. Like, you're not... It would be weird if you weren't, like, somehow invested in it and have a stake. So that's one thing against experts. Um, I'm trying to remember the other things. I think this really connects to our current situation, though, right? Because you see Trump in the United States, right? And compared to other presidents, I feel like... They're not relying on experts to make decisions. They're just, like, making whatever they think's right based on what they know, right? And that's the other thing is, like, there's that whole quote of the more you know, the more you know you don't know. I think it's important to know what you don't know and then reach out to someone else. But it's also, in, right? Yeah, so no, like, I see exactly what you're I totally, if I were president, I would have a cabinet of experts, like, in things I didn't know. And I would want to argue with them, and I would want them to be arguing with other experts about the things. So would you, let, let's say there are two experts, and they're really entrenched in different ways of looking at the same topic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would you, like, get both of them so that they could, like, debate so would it? Say, or would, like, you choose the one that you agree more with? So the whole or th- disagree with? The whole debate we had about experts in this class was, well, if you don't trust experts, like, who are you asking? Right. <laughs> Like, and the example was pharmaceuticals. I don't remember why. That sounds like a good. But one. I was kind of like, I feel like we've got to trust the experts in part. Like, I'm not trusting anyone else in what drugs I put in my body. But okay, let's see. That's a good example. Pharmaceuticals, right? Because the experts are the ones who like are probably part of the pharmaceutical companies, yeah. right? And like they get paid to like make pharmaceuticals. But maybe their recommendations as the expert create more pharmaceuticals then like are actually needed by the public right mm-hmm. maybe the best pharmaceutical is sometimes not a pharmaceutical see yeah. what i'm saying yeah and they wouldn't maybe they're not they're, so that's the other thing is like where your expertise like how wide it goes like may, maybe the answer to the problem you're asking a pharmaceutical expert they're going to give you one of five pharmaceutical answers maybe the answer is not one of those so in that case that expert really didn't help you at all even though they have a phd they are an right. expert you feel like you can trust that. If the answer is not one of those five, like, that's not right. very valuable. How, well, how do you feel? Okay, this is not at all the topic we brought to the table. Um, I was having a discussion earlier about expertise versus general in terms of, like, career, college, and after college. Um, and one of the things I'm thinking about is, like, law school versus a specialized master's program. Law is not a very specialized master's degree. Right. Which is kind of nice. But there are also degrees where, like, if I really want to go into a specific branch of 
policy, a law degree doesn't help me as much as a degree in education policy. Oh, I see. And then I would be specialized and I would go to firms and I would say, look how specialized I am. But also, am I hurting myself because then you don't I'm have that generalized law degree? Knowledge. And that might be a bad example because I feel like, well, it depends what you're trying to do next. Like, how much stock are you going to put into what well, I really like education policy? I don't think it matters as much as you think it does. I think that's my answer. Why? Because, oh no, the, the the example I'll use is from my own my own. Uh, uh, from engineering, where, which I'm familiar with, and maybe it doesn't correlate at all, but I doubt that significantly, mm-hmm. which is you go to engineering school, and if you ask uh, people, let's say, 10 years after they've graduated, what their job is, and then what their major was, they don't always align, matter. right? But is it always... But it's still engineering. But it's still engineering. So okay, general, okay, okay. But specific. my point is, you go to engineering school, and you don't learn just... Like, I learned mechanical engineering. You don't just learn mechanical engineering. You learn engineering problem solving. And no matter what I major I took, I'd still learn problem solving, right? Mm-hmm. And therefore, like, all these jobs in industry, like, what they need is the problem solving part. The particulars don't matter, right? The actual, like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like a language. If you know how to speak and write, then... That's not a good example. What's a uh, what's a good way of putting it? Um, let's say you know how to use a computer, right? It doesn't matter, like, if you're using Firefox, Chrome, Safari, right? Like, you know how to use them, right? Even though they're different variants, just mm-hmm. like the different majors or different fields within engineering, like, because you know how to use a browser, you know how to problem-solve engineering, and therefore you could use anyone at different companies, right? And so my point is, you're like, policy, yeah, part of policy is... Like, let's say education, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going into education, and I know education really well, so I'm good for writing policy for it, right? Whereas if you go into law, like, you know how to write law really well and build, like, therefore that's good for writing policy as well, right? It's coming at from two different avenues. I still think you can get to the same place with both. And I think what you're saying with, like, if you ask someone their career 10 years after, like, people become specialized because it's unlikely you're going to get a job that does every type of law. Or every type of even policy, like there's pro- like but you law, yourself are I, I probably see, not working as an expert on all of them. I see so you law, become an expert, like I see a law degree as being able to learn the law language because like you've read those read those things, like they're so hard to understand, right? And it, I'd argue law school teaches you how to look at that speak from that an, language, speak that language, and obviously there are variants to that language, right? Like property law is different, right? And you have to learn the property parts of that, but. You also property probably law. learn a lot of the basics at school at law school for property. And law, I have right? heard there's like a learning curve of like speaking and writing the language in law school. Which... I also think there's a balance between school and like learning the basics really quickly, and then actually applying it and doing something in real life. Because I'd argue in a job you're learning a lot more quickly, right? Um, the specifics of something, right? But it's hard to learn the generalities of of a topic in uh, industry, but it's a lot easier in school. So it's sort of like you want to, you might want to go general in school so that later. But like, let's say a topic is super nuanced. Yeah. Then, so then, then you might only want to do the applicable, right? Or if something's super generalized, like maybe a good example of, oh, like, like medicine, right? Yeah. Like, they specialize because so... it's still like not really specialized. Yeah. But like most doctors, like they can do <coughs> so many different things and like they, they could be like doing a hundred different types of like 
working on a hundred different types of things as a doctor in any given day. They need a lot of education to learn that generalization. Yeah. Right? My Myers-Briggs ENTP says the jobs I shouldn't have. It literally listed 18 different medical jobs. <laughs> like from doctor to like being a receptionist at a doctor's office that I should not do. Why under do you think any that circumstance. is? Well, I was like, yeah, I agree. No, duh. Um, I don't know why that is for my specific Then why do you say no, duh? Type, but for me, that's obvious. I should not be working because? as a doctor. Because I would hate it. I would constantly faint. Oh, because you like, like, the gooey stuff? I freak out. Yeah, I, I just, it wouldn't fit my personality at all. Um, right. Well, we got that. Yeah, here. but so I thought it was funny that that was like, my Myers-Briggs was like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be a nurse practitioner. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Thanks. Well, the nursing jobs are like skyrocketing. Like, I think other people should be nurses. Uh, a if, lot of other people. If you think you might be interested in being a nurse, it's a good time to be a nurse right now. The jobs are increasing faster than most really? other types of jobs. Yeah. I know a lot of nursing students. It's, and, and it pay, it's like one of the best paying jobs for... They're awesome. Like, it pays well, and it's increasing the amount they need. So that's just... Yeah. Well, I guess those two make sense because they're correlated, but... Um, hmm economics yeah you're like wow it pays well right. and it's rare <laughs> shocking <laughs> well, yeah. shocking news but like nursing is medical and medical is like has a bunch of money you know what i mean um oh, yeah so you let's go back to the inspiring others yeah. so like i i feel like if i was listening to this i'd want to us to get more into the nuts and bolts of what that means um so i think inspiring others and and you hear like founders of companies talk about this and you hear CEOs talk about this, and you hear, like, basically leaders talk about this, and it's something very simple, which is, your company has a story, and it's your job to be a really good storyteller and tell that story. And more importantly, like, your job is basically repeating what your story, mission, uh, raison d'etre, like, reason to be, really is, and most people, like, they have to hear it lots of times before they actually internalize it as an employee. And the thing that surprised most founders, CEOs, leaders the most is how much they have to repeat that um, mission, story, mm. reason to be. And I call that the why, right? And, like, so does Simon Sinek, and there's a bunch of other things, too, that is, like, I think is super uh, inspiring about inspiration. Uh, Damn. Meta. And... Like, that why, like, it can be a simple sentence. It can be a phrase. I think the shorter it is, the easier it is for people to remember. Um, so, like, and I think it's more effective if it's not just personable, but, like, it means something beyond it, right? Um, so, like, Nike's slogan, just do it. That's great because it, like, applies to everyone. It applies at any time. It applies in any place, right? And it applies to so many different um like things it can be like whether you're about to sit down and read it can be whether you're about to go out for a run which is probably more what they're going for um probably it, it, it can be like just get off your ass and just do it right it's like that's a really strong one in my opinion i uh, and then there are other ones too right um uh, it's interesting when you say that i when you said like repeating the reason for your company i immediately thought not of employees but of as an employee of a company i do some sales calls yeah and you really that's all that's what you do yeah. you don't tell them you don't know exactly what you're gonna do for them you tell them what you do why and then they say like i want you i i'd argue a convincing job description for a founder is selling which is kind of what you're doing mm -hmm. right selling your idea to people to your employees like that is literally your job 
right? Because if they understand the idea, then that idea can drive them to make actions on the day-to-day minutia tasks of, like, like, for example, Amazon's big one, right? Their number one leadership thing, like, it's all about the customer. We are obsessed with the customer, right? It's all about the customer being super, um, like, where customer obsessed is like, that, that's their simple phrase. And what that means is that when they get a call from a customer who's upset, they will do a lot they will go through a lot of pain to make sure that customer is not upset by the end of the call, right? Um, and they will make a bunch of practices in their company that make the customer less upset. They'll create things for the company, like two-day shipping, which is a freaking miracle compared to a few years ago, right? That, like, it makes m- me as a customer happier and, like, more satisfied with Amazon, right? It makes us, like, me like Amazon more, right? Um, and their thing is their customer obsession. and. Like, yeah, Bezos comes up with that, right? And basically says it every day, probably like multiple times to everyone and it kind of disseminates down and then other people start doing that. And eventually you get like, eventually like they're hiring and firing based on this ideal. They're like rising people up and or sinking them down based on this ideal. Um, And uh, therefore the customer Therefore, like the call representative who's like at the bottom of the company doesn't know Bezos, will never meet Bezos, right? Like maybe not, won't even ever see him in person. When they pick up the call and say hello and the customer has a problem, they know that they have a bunch of knobs and things that they can do to help that customer. And they're going to do what's best for that customer, even if it costs the company like a hundred bucks, right? Because like not every call will be like that. And they know that by doing that, they're actually going to help the company in the long run instead of hurt it. And they trust that that is the system and that is the story behind how people view it. Right. And like going back, like I feel like your job as a founder is really to emphasize that really create the incentives in place that go around those ideas. Those core values is another way to put it or your mission. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd argue the, and so would Jim Collins in a book I read, Marine called built the last, which is really good. That it's the companies whose core values have remained over a long, have remained, and who they actually uh, are ingrained within the company, and um, that everybody follows. Those are the companies that last, and those are the great companies you think of. Um, whether it's like Sony, Apple, Disney, right? Like Disney's freaking magic, right? Like, um, like I'd argue Amazon's going to be a contender for that. Although we'll, they might have done it so well and done it that they've grown so fast that the government might tamp down on it. It's really interesting. They've done it so well that like it might actually negatively affect them. So I have to go really soon. But when you talk about all that, it's really interesting because I think about like, like I love private industry and companies, but I also will like think about how to apply that to like government and politics. And I think that's where it gets like, it's so different because there's a why, but there's also like a lot of power. And so the why can be like the wrong why really matters definitely and i don't know about this but like when someone's hired in the government like i feel like there are only a certain reasons they should do it but that's not always true and right. if you say like what am i doing you know if you ask them like what do you do for a living and you work in a business like amazon you might say you know i like move boxes or you might say like no like i am part of a company that does like one day shipping because of me or like right. we're part of a company where like we sell everything um and I think if you ask someone, like, what do you do for the government? Like, they might say, like, I do this specific set of tasks. Or they might have an, like, idea of why. Right. And I think a lot of people have thought about, like, like this is just what political can I, philosophy can is. I like, say my why, favorite example? what does government do and why? 
Yeah, my favorite example is like someone who is the exterminator for the Washington Monument, right? And they say, I protect the nation's capital, right? Like, like that, like <laughs> but that. Um, but like, like they do. Like, to them, it's like the most important thing ever or not. It's not they know it's not the most important thing ever, but, but like, it's to them, it's like, like they love going to work every day because they're protecting the nation's capital, right? Even though from a, like in terms of hierarchy we see an exterminator as one of the lowest jobs or like in the their total job pool. is just but like to we them, they're near the top and like i think everybody can think they're at the top of the total ball because they are in their mind if they reframe it or form it that way or go look for something to to them might not be at the top of the pyramid but really is and i also think like with companies you know in economics you learn like it's just profit like right. that's the why and that's what everyone's working towards and if you ask them what they do they might just say well here's how much money i brought in for yeah, my company or, here much money I'm a they partner, gave me right? or he, yeah so there's also power and prestige but i think you're right and i hope our generation is a generation where if someone asks you what you do you don't say like i mean obviously you're not gonna be like well i make x amount of money but where it is like when i interviewed for a job you asked, like, I'm sure when you went to interview for a job, you cared about their why, what their right, company does, yeah. what the founder's going to tell you. And hopefully he's not telling you, just and make I more money. And I let him know that so he just can make be a better money. leader to Just me. make more money. Like, that's not how okay, you're inspired. Okay. So I'm really excited. I want to say this. I just thought of this great quote, which is, like, don't get to the top of the totem pole. Get to the top of your totem pole. Damn. Because, like, don't go to the top of society's totem pole. Go to the top of your totem pole. So society's totem pole is, like, freaking, like, military commander, like, the president. The president's the top of the, our society's or, totem pole, right? I would say but, the U.S. people really value, like, CEO, money, yeah, like, billionaires, C- CEOs, fame, billionaires, famous, billionaires. Famous Hollywood, like, work. you're right. Those are all at the top, right? Um, but I'd argue don't go to the top of the totem pole. Go to the top of your totem pole. If it's those things, do it, Right. But you're going to be more happy if you're at the top of your totem pole than you're going to be if you're at the top of society's totem pole. Because the chances of those are the same. They're small. And even if you do get that, you're still framing it from the wrong totem pole. Mm-hmm. All right. I like that. That sounds like a good place That's to end. That's a good place to end. We Should still we have a 30-second 30 30-second summary. Um, Go. I'm going to start. In this episode, we talked about... Um, some elements of being a leader, including, like, helping the middle, inspiring the middle, and also some elements of, like personal inspiration like going for the top of your totem pole and asking why in a lot of different spheres that's good cool that was really what fast. would you say yeah that was, that like, was, really, that was like 20 seconds okay, we'll um actually last um okay uh so in this episode uh we talked about inspiration um and kind of where that comes from and how to inspire others into like changing their wants uh, we kind of looked at it from a general point of view and later went in the nuts and bolts uh, and how that has to do with why. Um, we also talked about uh, kind of, wow, we went off of a big tangent in the middle. It was a short episode, yeah. What happened in the middle? Okay. Yeah, I, I feel I, like I'm there's more. You that. have to listen um, to the whole episode yes, <laughs> to maybe know what we wow. talked about. Usually I can do the hour ones. The 40-minute one, we can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I feel like there's um, a way we got But to we, the... we also like engineering and uh, oh, politics and how they... Yeah, I said that, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, how we, like, I thought we compared poli- political versus, like, or, well, I'm just Private the, versus I'm, public. Yeah, private versus public in an interesting way that allows our two perspectives to congeal better. Okay, that was okay. terrible. That was it's the okay. worst one I've done yet. Anyway, <laughs> we tried. We're That's tr- the point. We're trying. Cool. Bye. Adios. Thank you for listening. <laughs>